Bedside Athlete Podcast. Today's episode is number Ocho. Eight. Ochiento. Uh, Ochiento. I think that's I like think Italian. That's not right at all. I think that's Italian for eight. <laughs> eight uh, in Italian. Hold on. Fact checking very early on in this podcast. Yeah. It's Oto. I'm wrong. Ocho. Disregard. It's Oto. Oto. It looks like Otto, but O T T O. It's probably Oto. Oto. That doesn't sound very Italian, but anyways, uh, I'm Max. I'm your host, um, and we have, oh, it is Otto. Okay. (laughs) Sorry. We have Ralph on the podcast like normal, but today we have a very, very special guest. Super special. All the way from Tampa, Florida. St. Petersburg. St. Petersburg. Close enough. Corey Reimer. Reimer. Oh, yes. Got it. What what did you think? How did you think? Either Reimer or Reimer. Most people I say would Reamer. say eight out of ten go Reamer. Just because IE. Yeah. Anyways, this is not the first time Corey's been on a bedside Coney's podcast episode, even though this is the first time he's on a bedside athlete podcast. He is a recurring guest from the drunk Kansas City yeah, episode. I was say, yeah. Coming on the bed bedside athlete after <laughs> this <laughs> this being the first sober yeah. appearance. We really weren't that I don't think we were as drunk after the moment as we thought we were in the moment. I don't think we were as drunk as I expected us when you guys threw out the idea that we would record it after coming back from the bars at 2 a.m. We were out on doing it, and then we were sitting around having the exact discussion that we should be discussing on the pod, and I was like, everyone shut up. Let's go back to our hotel. Yeah. I think I was still out on it. But <laughs> yeah, I think I'm happy we did it. Yeah, it was good. It was a good episode. It was one of our best performing ones. It was, that's surprisingly. True. But yeah. um, before we get started, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter, Bedside Conies, at Bedside Conies, uh, and rate us five stars, review whatever you want to do on Spotify and Apple. Um, but for today's episode, um, since we have Corey on, Corey is training for the same half Ironman as Ralph. It is him, Greeny, and uh, Ralph. Um, So we wanted to get his thoughts on how things are going so far. We're eight weeks in, eight weeks left. Yeah, we actually just, well, yeah. You guys just finished halfway, right? Or did we say that last week? We were going into your halfway. We're technically halfway halfway now. Yeah. Sunday will be eight weeks out. Officially eight weeks out. Yeah, which, so, Corey, do you want to do, like, really quick? Because I kind of explained what I was doing with training programs. Do you want to explain? You're also living in Tampa, so that's, like, a whole different different fucking ballgame. Yeah. Because you got the the humidity down there. But, first of all, explain the programs that you were using, slash still using, slash not still using, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, I've been, I feel like, probably a little bit more loose on the programming than you um, I don't remember what the one we had originally was called. I don't even know. It, it was a 16-week. Yeah, because that was the original plan. It just, I know why Het didn't stick to it is it didn't really have a taper. Didn't have a taper. The runs sucked. 
the, we got it because I was like, I want the strength. Didn't the strength suck too? The strength sucked. I didn't even look at the strength. Yeah. I think I deleted them if they were popping up on yeah. there. Um, but we you use bought a, it too, right? I don't know. I'm sure you guys have touched on some of this. I may be repeating, but using an app called Training Peaks, yeah. um, I'm doing the same. And it's helpful for me because I do follow it a little bit more loose. And in being in Florida with the humidity, I do have to kind of plan around that. If I'm doing a tempo run, I'm not trying to do it at four in the afternoon when it's yeah. 92 degrees, 90% humidity. And the premium version allows you to, that's the best thing is yeah. switching things around. So week to week, mm. because when you first buy the program, the shit's all out. It's all out of whack. Yeah. Most of them are pretty fucked up. Cause I don't, the one that the second one that I bought is more like Phil Mosley does it. He like wants you to kind of stick to it, but he's like, you can still move them around if you have to. And I do Thursday rides with a group. Yeah. So I had to kind of shift around and now I have to think about that because I'm switching to Het's program and it's like Saturday brick sessions that are three hour bikes followed by like an hour run. So I'm not trying to, our group rides are Thursday mornings and we're typically doing about 30 miles and my average heart rate is like 175, 180. That's fucking high for listeners in terms of like biking. That's like pretty high for a run, but that's, that's really probably high for a bike. Zone four getting into zone five yeah. threshold. Actually, that's a good question. I wonder what my zones are for bikes. Because I actually did finally test them. Something I want to do after this actually is do a true VO2 max. How do you actually, like, do you know how you do that? No. I was going <laughs> to say, I think, don't you have to get into a lab? Yeah. I feel like you do, yeah. 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 Um, For reference, 172 would be my zone five. My zone five starts at 168. Really? And again, yeah, for the listeners who don't know what zone five is, that is the highest. The highest. My zone, th- the hardest zone that you go when you train. My threshold's 159. Did you base biking. that off of like the LTHR and FTP test? Yeah. I did that one like the beginning. I think it was week one of this program. Because your max heart rate should be like 200. Well, that's a threshold heart rate. I know. That's more of like... Your threshold Wait, should you be... you saying the, zone four or zone five? No, 172 would be zone five for me. Yeah, I mean, I'll show you my... These are my zones for my bike. Yeah, biking is, especially... In general, for the listeners, your, your run zones are going to be higher than your bike zones because your heart rate gets higher on a run than it does There's more movement. And, yeah, yeah takes just more a more aggressive... Yeah. form of exercise yeah um but yeah so like i kind of talked about this on the previous episodes but we ended up switching to a 12-week program for basically this new program which is it actually has strength in it too so Corey was initially like oh i'm just gonna stick to this other program that we initially bought anyways because you were you were using it more loosely, a little bit more flexible. You didn't need the strength anyways. And then I think you texted last week or earlier this week, actually, because this week's a recovery week. And you were like, so what's the deal with your guys' program? These runs on this one suck. I looked ahead and it. I think it got better. But there was, there was like weeks where there would be one like 30-minute run 
and then one kind of tempo run, and that was it. Yeah, it's really goofy. And I guess, really, your focus should be on the bike. So I think it, it kind of made sense there because it was very bike-heavy and swim-heavy. Yeah. But we've discussed that what the swim is like. I've said that on here, too. Swimming can be very technical. All the programs, like, and I appreciate that they, like, want you to get better at it. Because, like, a lot of people aren't swimmers. So it's like I need a little bit more technical training. But to me, I think if you've done one or two of these, it's like, just go fucking swim. It's the it's, shortest. It's a short. Of all three. If you get that much better, you maybe gain four minutes over someone that's not that great. And again, you guys aren't, like, trying to race. No. You're not, like, yeah. professionally trying to race this. Yeah. For the try, we were both right at about 30 minutes. And I would say for yeah. this, if we have, like, a really good swim it would be like 30 or 33 minutes maybe and if you have a really bad swim it may be like 45. 40 45 yeah. yeah so you're losing 10 minutes yeah and it really is it's not that complicated yeah so you guys are now on the both both of the same program yeah one of the questions i want to ask and kind of what the topic i wanted to talk about today that we were talking about a little bit earlier was is recovery built into the program and I know you say this is like a recovery week, so that means it's less distance, less time um, doing yeah, the workouts. But I think when people think of recovery, they think of, okay, what do you do after a workout? Stretching, yeah. uh, sauna, ice bath, et cetera. And I would love to hear how you guys both think about recovery because I know you guys are complete opposite <laughs> end of the spectrum. We'll get Greeny on here too, which is even, yeah. he's like, <laughs> if you think crazy conservative like right-leaning politician greenie is that for anti-recovery <laughs> really oh doesn't do anything and he is he hates it i'm getting there so okay in terms of the recovery week i'll start with this that's a little confusing because a recovery week is more like <clears throat> you're still doing the same baseline like workouts that you're doing to your point it's just like less you, you're basically giving your body a little bit of it's like, similar a to a taper yeah. But on a smaller scale. So you're doing the same workouts. Your volume is just probably cut by about 30 to 50%. That's a good point. Yeah. Like we had a 30-minute run today. It's Friday of the end of the recovery week. We haven't done less than really. A, I think last week was. Probably typically be an hour. So It was an hour 20, yeah. So it's a lot less for like that type of thing. And that's how it was with my marathon training. You'd go probably three weeks of like your long runs being 10, 12, 16 miles. And then that fourth week was like, hey, your long run was only like six. Yeah. Like get your body built back up. Yeah. Which I was telling Corey when he got here. So we were talking about doing a run today. And he was like, would you guys rather go a little bit further? And I was like, I don't really want to because this is supposed to be my recovery week. And I've been using my bike a bunch to like get to and from work. I went and looked at an apartment this week and I was on my bike. I got back that night and I was like, damn, my legs are like already kind of dead and I need like this week to fucking chill. But we did end up running like four miles today just because it was nice out. I would, it, it yeah, consider that a it was still recovery shakeout. Yeah, for sure. For like a longish run. But in terms of actual recovery, I'll just say I think and this is such a cop-out answer, but it is so dependent on your body. For reference, I think I've said this, but, like, I have family history of, like, both my, my dad has had both knees done already. He just turned 61. 
my aunt just turned 50 and has already had a knee done. So, like, I think I just, I don't know that, like, joints are super genetic, but maybe. But my whole thing is, like, I never stretched at all in high school. My hips have always been super duper tight. And I always just, like, pull stuff all the time. So, I stretch quite a bit. However, maybe I don't that's do. that's why you, you pull stuff I, well, all the time. Okay, <laughs> I, I wanted to be a devil's advocate because yeah. I've heard, like, overstretching can lead to injury see i think it would be i would agree with you if i was doing like 30 to an hour long stretch sessions i stretch for 10 minutes after i work out. but you also do yoga almost every day that's i either stretch or do yoga uh, it's i basically substitute yoga for stretching because yoga is more like hips focused so i was doing yoga i was following probably the same thing you were leading up to the chicago try yeah and i felt impact from that like as far as similar to like stretching because where I've correlated, like I feel more sore sometimes when I do stretch. Yeah. So I felt that with yoga because I went, I am the most beginner of yoga. I can mm-hmm. like, I'm oh, pretty dude, flexible, been... but holy shit that like 10 to 15 minutes of that. I'm more sore than a 30 mile bike in the morning. Yoga is a little weird because it's like, <sighs> I don't know how to describe it. You can get into some yoga classes where, like, you'll be 10 minutes in and be like, "Uh uh-oh, I picked the wrong yoga class. (laughs) Like, this shit's kicking my ass. Mm -hmm. I try to do yoga more as, like, a recovery method of, like, I'm not trying to do, like, um, they do a lot of, like, posing more of, like, balance posing. I don't want that stuff. I just want to, like, I want to try. The one that I want to get good at is, I think it's called ankle to knee or like double pigeon where you're like you're laying down i told max this before you're laying down i'm trying to describe this for listener and you basically put your ankle on top of your opposite knee where you're like almost sitting indian style but very aggressive indian you're style on your back like no like sitting up so say uh, you're sitting like cross applesauce but with your okay one, one ankle one ankle your over knee. your other knee and i cannot get the fucking my one knee so to touch hip just all hips yeah and that's what hip and knees i try not to mess around with so if i feel like that is needed that's where my i don't even call it necessarily recovery so i have pretty much this so through these eight weeks i probably have stretched once it's crazy that's pretty wild and so where I've seen benefit is truly from mixing in the strength training. Yeah. And I make sure now my strength training now looks completely different than it did three years ago where I would just go in and I would consider my warm up like three sets of push-ups and pull-ups no matter what I was doing. Yeah. Now I treat that as my recovery warm up. So I'll go in and I do everything based around hips and knees. So I'll do like, I'll get a box and I'll do like three by 10 of, so like putting one foot up and then just like, just the slightest, like basically squat. Okay. Not really even a squat, just a a flexion at the knee. Is this similar to getting blood flow for me? It's blood flow. So if I feel I need recovery, I'm doing like three sets of 10 of that. And then I have a band routine because when I had my IT band issues, that is what I actually went to PT and had like six different exercises and I would do those every day. And that's more, like I said, I still consider that more strengthening than 
stretching or mobility. It's and like then, pliability, mobility. Yeah, so I'll do yeah. that. I'll start to get some blood blood flow, and then I'll go on knee extensions. And I'll sit there and I'll do like three by 30, and then with 10-second holds. And so if you ever, like, I feel like a lot of people outside of shin splints, the most popular is probably like runner's knee. Yeah. So where you're kind of like tibia is connecting, you're getting... That's where I feel it. Yeah. Like I so, can't have my knee bent for too long. Like my left knee, it just starts to hurt. So that's where like the knee extensions, I'll hold it there. And mm-hmm. it's, it's a form of strengthening for that as well. Yeah. Again, I mean, that's kind of like the Tom Brady method of just like keeping your range of motion in like tact. Like I think there's, there's just so many different, again, I think it's so dependent on like your body type. And that's what, I mean, we're infants in this yeah but for sure we've always been athletes so i feel like it is a long time of figuring out your own body and i never stretched dude i think about that now like Corey and i played high school sports together like all i wouldn't say all four years at least two or three years we didn't do shit we showed up to practice and did like run down and back for basketball and it was like karaoke down and back all right let's get into it yeah (laughs) Fucking, I mean, granted, you're like 16, 17. You don't really need it as much, but I still think like if I were to coach like basketball now, I'm not that I have, but I would probably like at least with high schoolers, I'd be like, you guys got to do something after whatever your body needs. I need you to sit here for 10 minutes and like do something. Foam roll. I was doing some research before because I was curious on like what is recommended from like a, a reputable source. I feel like the Mayo Clinic seems like a pretty yeah. reputable source. Yes. Uh, and they say two to three times a week, five to ten minutes each time. Stretching. 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 Sorry, I said that off. Beneficial. And it's, I mean, you're supposed to do after activity, which I think a lot of people think you stretch before you go out and run. And that's actually, there's like science that that doesn't help at all. You should do some type of like active stretching. Like which dynamic. Is like dynamic stretching, like lunging or... Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't have like, again, I think that's, it comes back to blood flow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. You just need to get your muscles warmed up. um, Yeah. Cause that's, I mean, we were talking earlier, like sometimes the best runs, the first three miles are the worst. Yeah. And it's not just physically, it's mentally. And you're thinking about it. You're not warmed up truly. And so I feel like a lot, if you look at a marathon runners routine, they're probably running a couple miles before their marathon. Oh yeah. And that's so, uh, Emily Sisson who, so I did the gate river run, which is the Jacksonville 15 K and she's won it the past two years. That's like a championship 15 K. Yeah. It's, I think it's the U S championships. Yeah. Yeah. And she, I saw her, I mean, she was running, it started at, well, I don't know, 7.30 or 8, and we were there 45 minutes to an hour early, and the entire time I saw her running, and it was probably, you know, she ran like a 5.05, 5.10 pace or something like that. And a 15K? She was probably just warm-up miles for her, but... Oh, my God. Yeah. Is they she had a marathon a, runner? Oh, God. I think she's new to it. Okay. Um, I think she started with that and then she did either Houston or Austin maybe Okay, and won it. She's doing a lot of fucking hot marathons. And then after the 15 K she was sitting there doing like not sprints, but just, just had won it, got her medal 
tossed it to the side and then just started. What a psycho. <laughs> that's that's elite. That's For the Chicago it. Marathon, they have a whole area where it's just set up to run back and forth, back and forth. And a lot of runners just run for like yeah. 10, 15, 20 minutes before you even start to run 26.2 miles. This year for her was even more impressive because it was so humid. And it was first weekend of March in Jacksonville. Like, it should not have been. Yeah. But I got out to, like, mile two, and my heart rate was, like, 165. Damn. So, outside of stretching, though, you do also a lot of things, like foam rolling. I've cooled off on the uh, massage gun because I've been reading some stuff that that's, like, it can be like you shouldn't get a massage every day. It's kind of the same idea as that. Yeah. yeah. Like, not that the massage guns as aggressive as a full blown massage, but um, yeah, Mackenzie actually bought me for my birthday a um, a vibrating foam roller. I think actually, I'll kind of agree with you guys on the stretching piece. Like, I think some people aren't as tight. You probably shouldn't stretch every day because you don't want to get too loose. You want to have, like Max always says, you want to have like some rigidness to your muscles and tendons. However, I think foam rolling, like talking about blood flow, that is exactly what foam rolling does is it like brings blood flow back into your body, like the correct way, basically. And it like, I, I mentally think of it as like when I have little like aches and stuff, it almost just like rubs out knots in a good way. I guess I can see that because of the way I've treated my IT band and yeah. your IT band. So it runs from basically your hip all the way down to like your Achilles. Your, yeah, you, the you know external of your knee. And I can feel it when I'm, say I have a lacrosse ball pinned against my hip, I feel it in yeah. my knee. And... So I think, I mean, I don't, that's just kind of, that's a little bit different, but that's where I can see the correlation, I guess, with foam rolling. I just have never been big on that either. Yeah. I, I'm just big on if it's not broke, don't fix it. So like sure. if I'm not having injuries, the, you know, the only two issues I've had over three, I mean, you came down what it's been two years now and that was like the first time I'd ever ran. Was yeah, that, Corey. Was that three years ago, I've gotten both of you guys into running. Fun fact: or it had to be oh, two years. You got ago. me into running. We, you did your no, no, no. no. <laughs> Sorry, you did your first long run with me. Oh yeah, that is true. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, you, you, yeah, you took my double digits virginity. Did we do ten that day? I think we did ten. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because I think you were like, "Why don't you just hit 10? We, you went out or and you were like, like that. "I was like, I'm doing 10. Why don't you do like six or eight? Yeah. And I was like, "You can just turn around at four. And we got out, and I looked at my watch, and I was like, "We're already four in. I'm not going to say anything." Oh, I knew we were four in. I didn't. I didn't even want to. Like, I was mentally not thinking about it. Yeah, because we just did an out and back. And then I think we got a little past four, and you're like, "Are you going to do this?" And I was like, "Yeah, fuck it." Yeah, because we were like chatting. I just, I like paced you. We went slow enough. Yeah, yeah. That was the biggest thing. That's the best way to do your first longer run is because you're not looking at your heart rate. You're not looking at your pace. Yeah, like. Honestly, since I've had the whoop, that's the only thing I've... There's been a couple runs where I've gone without my watch and mm-hmm. just been like, ah, oh, don't really care about timing or anything. I'll just kind of guess because I know I run the same route every day. Yeah. And it was so nice to not sit there and like, oh, what's my heart rate at? What's my pace at? I would okay. like to do that. Yeah. I haven't like not tracked a workout in fucking forever. 
Probably since I started working out again after like a couple of years ago. And I guess if you still really wanted to track it, you could track it on your phone. And just which not you're not look. looking at it. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if there's a way like with the Apple Watch to just be like, just turn this, like track it, but don't let me see anything. Maybe. Probably. Yeah, probably. So you could like turn the display off or something. But going back to my point, like the only issues I've had are both left knee is IT band, which I just kind of ran through that at the time. And because you can't do any damage, it's not like a cartilage. It's not, you know, ACL, yeah. MCL. Um, and then I had knee bursitis, which is basically just inflammation of a bursa sac. And that's what you had too, isn't that's it? That's what I thought I had. I had something else, but yeah, it, it was, very was similar. wild because actually a lot of that was lacrosse ball. And basically just like, I would rub it on my quad and I could feel it breaking up oh. the bursa in my knee. And <laughs> I was like, there's no way just this because yeah, I'm big on, okay, something pops up. Why is this hurting? Yeah. Like, I feel like a lot of people just, oh, I'm, I'm injured and I need to stretch. I need to do this, but it's okay. Was it form? Was it? Oh, that's the other thing. A lot of people get injured and they think, let me stop doing everything. Yes. Let me just rest completely. And I got injured last year during my marathon training and I was like, obviously I can't just stop. And I went and saw a couple of PTs too, because I was like, I want to make sure I get like two opinions and both of them were like don't don't just completely stop like do active recovery and it's all about like strengthening back up because most likely your form broke down because you're not strong enough or whatever it may be and so i think that's a other thing is like when you get injured don't do not just completely stop yeah it's addressing it it's you know with the it band i didn't stop but then i made sure that okay i wasn't doing stretching i wasn't doing mobility but i started doing those band exercises and then and it was my left hip was just not, you know, I went to a PT, I got those tests done and they can tell right away that like, my left hip was just not as strong as my right. So yeah. that was probably compensating on my form. And I actually could see that on, so like the heart rate monitor gives you even more statistics than just your watch. So it gives you, I don't know exactly what it means, but it's like GCT balance. Oh, I don't something ever track else. with my heart rate monitor. I just yeah. connect it to my watch. You know what I'm saying? Through the app, you don't. I don't do Yeah, it. but like, so on the Garmin, when I oh, save my yeah. workout, usually it'll give you, you know, average heart rate, max heart rate, um, cadence. Yeah. If you have, and then if I have my heart rate monitor, it'll give me like stride length, um, GCT balance. How the and fuck then, does a heart rate monitor know your stride length? Probably when you take a step. I mean, how does any of this technology do like, dude, for real, that's a hell of a question in and of itself. I guess. Yeah. Does it like feel you probably domp almost? That's a good question. So that's a complete guess. If I knew that answer, I probably would do that. Just made me think of the, I know we use this in grade school, Corey, Max, did you guys ever have the fucking thing? Mrs. Schaefer gave them to us and they were like, I forget what they were called. Pedometers. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah Those things so were popular. totally bullshit. Yeah, because everybody <laughs> would just, just take them off and just shake, shake them. them. <laughs> yeah. That's like the OG technology of and it was like, like you wanted to get to a hundred thousand because it could only go nine 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 nine. Yeah. So what was it called? A pedometer? A pedometer. Yeah. This was basically like does that yeah. just mean like step monitor or something? Yeah. I don't, I don't <laughs> no clue. Anyways. I just thought well, that's of that a one. yeah. That, I mean, when you put it that way, like you ask, how do they do that? Like your watch, if you sit there and shake it, it's not going to count. Yeah. it's not steps. It's true, and it knows. 
That's so fucking and wild. And like, no, those aren't 100% accurate, but yeah. One more question on recovery. Um, Huberman Labs is very popular right now. And I feel like the one topic that like got him Huberman, popular, who's that? <laughs> Never talked about him. <laughs> the one topic that got him like popular was, I feel like he started talking about the hot cold therapy. Oh, yeah. Um, do either of you do any hot cold therapy? No. I don't really have access to cold therapy. It's expensive to get like a cold tub. You have a shower. Yeah. I, yeah, <laughs> that's true. I do not like cold showers. <laughs> I'm out on them. I don't feel clean after. I like it. And I'm just fucking freezing. Like, I don't know. I hate being cold. I'll sauna. I actually haven't saunaed at all during this like training, but I do that a lot in the winter just because it like makes me feel better. But I do sauna. Um, I think that's where it is interesting with the research that is coming out on that. But I'm like, I'm, I need to see more of where that research is coming from because it's so new and they are making some bold claims on all cause mortality. What's so that? even out. So all cause mortality is basically like risk of dying of different factors. So oh. heart disease, um, cancer. And they're coming out with, yeah, like you said, people are saying like, if you do sauna, like, like 30, daily. 50% reduction yeah. in all cause mortality. And it's, so I do it because somewhat of recovery to flush and making sure that, you know, I'm rehydrating and that's kind of just a reset. I don't have any science backed like, oh, it's doing this for me, but I do feel better. Um, for me, it's more of a mental break too. Um, I'll do it more often during work because I have one at my apartment complex. So I'll go in there and I do see. So now his big thing, Huberman stating is that doing it one day, but in like two hour increments. So you're doing 30, 20 or 30 minutes in and then coming out and just not doing any cold, but just resetting for like five or 10 minutes, going back in for 20, 30 minutes, coming back out. And doing that once a week, I've heard is yeah the new recommended once approach. a week. Yeah, that or they're saying three to four times at twenty minutes at a certain temperature. Yeah, the only thing I would say with saunas is like I like it, but I feel like Max and I have talked about this. Sometimes when I would do the sauna, like maybe in the winter or something after I lift. I'd, I'd go to bed and I'd be dead and I would sleep super good, but then I'd wake up just really groggy and I just felt just beat. Dehydrated. Like, probably. That's yeah, another that's thing is too. everyone's different in terms of what your electrolyte needs are. That's why it's hmm. with the explosion of, I, I mean, liquid IV really started this, right? It went from something that athletes were utilizing in terms of salt consumption and turned into hangover cures and whatnot. And Hey, being hungover, you're just dehydrated. Do you remember Miami? We took so many liquid IVs. Oh yeah. You had like a box of 40 of them. Yeah. And we just set them up every single night. So we'd come back to a liquid IV. We'd take one before. And then when we came back, it didn't really help. (laughs) That's because we were drinking like, yeah, I I haven't really seen a noticeable effect of that, but (laughs) yeah, but then it comes down to everyone's salt needs 
and how much they sweat and yeah. how much it's not just how much you sweat it's how much salt you lose in your sweat so they do tests for that as well yeah and so like even myself i have no idea i try and keep it as low as i can while still getting in the electrolytes needed yeah see i like don't sweat much in general unless it's like really hot i mean then everyone I'm also sweats. in florida so. yeah exactly <laughs> but like even here the most i'll really sweat is like an indoor bike is probably the most I sweat. I sweat or an so indoor leg day session. Leg yeah, day. Leg days. <laughs> you sweat so when you talk much. about lifting, oh yeah. my God. Yeah, if you're like really trying to get after it and the gym is like just slightly hot, you fucking start sweating your ass off. That's true. But yeah, other than that, even like runs, if it's if it's less than 75 degrees, I'm not going to sweat that much. Yeah. I, so going back to the hot and cold, yeah, I haven't done really any, you know, cold plunges and don't plan to because I don't want, I'm already a person of routine and addictive personality. So I know if I do feel some effects, I'll probably get to a drastic point of that. Yeah. If I, if like my feet, ankles, shins are sore, I'll go like 15 minutes like ice bucket just that up to like my knees um 20 minutes off and then 15 minutes back on and honestly that has helped me a ton yeah that's fair i think all in all the biggest takeaway is knowing your body yeah goggins talks about that all the time he's like no one knows their body as well as i know my body i don't think you can use goggins as an example for it <laughs> anything comparison to the to the average athlete no it's not even comparison it's more of just like it's a good piece of advice of right like, right like take note of like how you feel after certain stuff that you do try stuff out and if it doesn't work don't keep doing it yeah like i think it's a good recommendation yeah cool any other last minute thoughts on recovery other than that not really no nope cool Okay, we end this podcast always on a, a scale of one to ten. How are you feeling? Ten being the best, one being the worst on like recovery. So Ralph, I think you were an eight last week. We're like tracking throughout like where you're at on a scale of one to ten. Where where are you at? I actually say I'm probably at like a six. I'm just kind of beat. I'm hopefully gonna feel better after like Sunday going into Monday, but yeah, I feel kinda tired. What about you, Corey? Judging off just the recovery run today, I would say like an eight. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, with it being a recovery week, this is definitely the least volume I've had, um, especially while. traveling now. I had a day, two days where I didn't work out, so we'll Probably see. needed. It's probably needed. Yeah, we'll see how going into next week and going into another, because Sunday was really my first brick session, and I did three-hour ride followed by just like a two- or three-mile run Yeah, and was feeling the effects up until, honestly – probably like yesterday. Wow. So the recovery week was probably needed and I would not have got that with the previous program. No. Yeah. yeah, That thing, it was just like the same fucking workouts every week. It was like base one, base two, peak one, peak two, peak three. There was no reset. It was dumb. Cool. Well, halfway through boys. Hoorah. Thank you, Corey, for coming on the podcast. Ralph, as always, and we will see you next episode. Peace. 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 Peace.